0: Oh, hey there, Sam. (laughs) Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking this morning?
1: I am enjoying a nice cup of coffee from my friends over at Ancient Valley Mercantile. Because it's Mm -hmm. the best coffee.
0: (laughs) Mm. What are you enjoying over there? So I am enjoying a cup of coffee as well from my cat finated mug. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got this from my mom a few Christmases ago but it does kind of look like my cat, Bianca. It like does. A Just perfect. Uh, perfect. Huh. Okay, I'm <laughs> done with puns. Clearly, I need more of this coffee, so today I'm drinking Starbucks pumpkin spice coffee. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, full disclosure to our listeners, I got COVID a couple of weeks ago, and I am slowly... My smell is returning. I never lost taste, but... This does not taste pumpkin-y to me. So that leads me to believe that most of this coffee is based on your smell, because your smell and your taste are somewhat connected. Yeah. So it is very disappointing that I probably... (sighs) But, you know, I might be missing out on the last month of pumpkin season, but I started in August because... Life is short. Yep. You never know when you might lose your sense of smell, guys. Because you can lose your sense of smell with other kinds of colds and flus, too. So just drink what you want to drink. And don't be ashamed.
1: Yeah, for sure. Learn from me. <laughs> our drink peep this episode is our friend Natalie Quist. And she is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers.
0: All right. I have some really important follow-up. That I just need to talk about. So a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about ways to use your pumpkins, and uh, we talked about pumpkin chili. And you randomly asked me if I had ever had a PB and no, a peanut butter sandwich with my chili. And I looked at you like you had three heads, <laughs> but you do not have three heads <laughs> because I tried it last night, and it was. I, I can't explain it. Like, it's so good. It doesn't make any sense, but it is so good. So I had it as like a snack because my husband was working late. And then I made little grilled cheeses for when he got home. And I think my preference is peanut butter over grilled cheese. Can't say peanut butter over cornbread quite yet. <laughs> I need to do a side by side. But Ohio did something right.
1: Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. They did. I wish I could explain it. But it's something about the peanut butter with the chili and like peanut sauces are really common in lots of different regional dishes. Mm -hmm. So having that knowledge, I feel like the peanut butter with the chili does make more sense because the peanut flavor complements a lot of things. And not a professional chef, and I don't have, like, magical taste buds or anything. So I <laughs> usually can't suss out, you know, what makes something a fine dish and what doesn't. But there's my Ohio two cents on the <laughs>
0: peanut butter. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So while we're talking about fun things, we also want to take the time to announce our YouTube subscription winner.
1: <gasps> yay! So,
0: yes, yay. Um, we had... Quite a few of you subscribe in October, so thank you for indulging us. And the winner is Emily Lawrence. So Emily, if you want to email us, drinkandfarm at gmail.com and give us your address, we'll work with you to see what piece of apparel you would like from the shop, because we did launch our holiday shop, so you get to choose between the holiday shop and, and our regular shop. Yep, it's totally up to you. You get to decide what floats your boat. (laughs) Yes. And we do have the November shirt of the month, which I am wearing today. That is also an option. And it says not a ridiculous proposition. And it's got turkey on it. So for those of you that have been with us for a while, maybe you remember about a year ago, we talked about some Thanksgiving facts last year. And one of the things was that Thomas Jefferson thought that Thanksgiving was just a ridiculous proposition. And he (laughs) did not participate in any of the Thanksgiving (laughs) festivities at the White House, but the president after him totally picked it back up so here at drink and farm we do not think that thanksgiving is a ridiculous proposition because we really like the food yeah
1: i mean it's all about the
0: food for me (laughs) Yeah, gratitude is important to us as well but the food is probably like number one (laughs) (laughs) but we're thankful for that food yeah so we're clear it's true it's true (laughs) so we also like we said launched the holiday shop it's a little probably overwhelming if you just go in there and try to scroll so make sure you're using the filters near the top to jump around to <laughs> what you might be interested in because we got a little excited this year, and we did a lot we have onesies for babies we have toddler sizes youth sizes Adult sizes, like three or four different designs. Like, there's a lot, but it's all good stuff.
1: Oh, it is. It's so good. I think I might get my kids one of the ugly holiday shirts. Yeah. Aurora, I'll probably get her the Joy Farmer. Yeah. And then actually, Orion wears adult sizes, so because he's like a miniature adult now. (laughs) I can't even call him miniature. He's taller than me. So, yes, he has uh, more of a selection. Yes, so he has a bigger selection, but I think Aurora would really like the Joy Farmer (laughs) t-shirt. And there's an exciting day coming up that you all should Mm -hmm. know about. I guess we will be the calendar for the day, at least for this exciting day. (laughs) On November 5th is Happy National Hug a Chicken Day, um, which is today. I mean, not today, today, but it's today, if you're listening to this, on the day that it dropped.
0: (laughs) Yes. We're super excited. So get out there and hug your chickens. Mm -hmm. No judgment if you kiss your chickens. Like, I don't care what you do. You're smart enough to do your own risk assessment with salmonella. (laughs) But it is all about hugging the chickens on November 5th. So maybe take a picture of you hugging your chicken and tag us and Ah. we'll share it in our stories. Yes, we absolutely will. celebrate, (laughs) yes. One of the more nerve-wracking things I've done on the farm is having to resort to heat lamps to keep animals warm. That is why we are thrilled to partner with Sweeter Heater, a safe heating solution for your furry and feathered friends.
1: Sweeter Heaters are infrared radiant heat panels that use a carbon heating element instead of bulbs. There's a built-in snap-action cutout that will turn the heat unit off automatically in case of an accident and the heater lands face down where heat isn't allowed to escape. It will not reach the flashpoint of setting bedding on fire, which is always a concern with heat lamps.
0: Sweeter Heater is also fully sealed, which means easy and safe cleaning, and the product is backed by a three-year warranty. Sweeter Heater products can also be found in animal rescues, veterinarian clinics and hospitals, and even major zoos. Sweeter Heater has a variety of models and
1: sizes to meet your needs, so give yourself the peace of mind you deserve, and go to sweeterheater.com and use code DRINKANDFARM, all lowercase, to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's sweeterheater.com with code DRINKANDFARM, all lowercase.
0: All right. Let's talk about a necessary evil, at least up here in the Midwest. And that Mm -hmm. is preparing for winter. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm
1: late to the game this year, but that's because it was not winter. And then suddenly it was. Yes. Like I woke up yesterday and everything was frozen solid. We didn't even have like a teaser frost this year. It was (laughs) no frost, no frost, no frost, everything frozen solid. And that's it. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) even the water buckets were frozen this morning i was like gosh darn it
0: (laughs) yeah we had a teaser frost and then i think it was yesterday was the first day that stuff was frozen so i had the foresight to just dump all the outdoor buckets last night after i put everyone to bed so i could just fill them up in the morning so we've done past winter prep episodes So we'll point those out in the show notes. I did a quick search this morning and it was like episode 46, 87 and 134. So this lets you know that we talk about this pretty much every year Yep. because every single winter is different. We might have different animals. We might have come up with better solutions. So we just like to talk about this to make your life easier so you don't have to make the same mistakes that we've learned from.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So if you haven't heard those past winter episodes, be sure and go listen to those after we're done with this one, because there will definitely be information in it that we didn't cover again, because that's just the way that it goes. (laughs) Yes. So Sam, to kick this off, why don't you let us know what you are doing to prepare for this winter?
0: So... The first thing that I did, because I've kind of started a little bit, but I feel behind. But if I remember back to last year, I was like really behind. So really, I'm not. And I just put a lot of pressure on myself to do things right. (laughs) But the first thing that I did was I did a little happy dance to my earlier in 2021 self for buying a storage tub for all the winter things. So I didn't have to go on the scavenger hunt that I've gone on in previous years to find heated rabbit waterers, stock tank heaters, extension cords, because like we have extension cords everywhere in the winter. So I was really glad that I planned ahead there. (laughs) So the first (laughs) thing I did was thank my early 2021 self.
1: Yeah. And if you're finding that when you go to winter prep, listeners, and everything is everywhere, you can learn a lesson from that and get yourself a storage tote now so that when you put away the winter things in the spring, you have a place to store them, put them away all clean, and then you're ready to go for the following winter. And it's amazing how those little things really make a difference when it comes time to set yourself up the next time like you have a choice when you're putting stuff away or getting stuff out every season to either make it easier on your future self (laughs) or not
0: (laughs) yes totally agree so what's something that you've done early
1: ish this year So I was one of those people that did not make this year's winter prep easier on myself. Last year in the spring, it was really late by the time I got to remove all of the um, heated waterers and, you know, heated dog bowls and all of that good stuff. So I basically Mm -hmm. just unplugged them and then threw them in a pile in the barn Mm
0: -hmm. because it
1: went from needing them to suddenly not needing them. And I just didn't have the time to put them away. But it was time to put my father-in-law's boat away. We store his boat in our barn. We've got a tractor this year that has to go in our barn. We needed hay to fit in our barn. And I needed both barn stalls to be available because I'm hoping that I will have more than one goat going into labor at the same time come February-ish. So the barn needed to be organized and so did our feed tack room because everything was a mess and everything was everywhere. So (laughs) over the last couple of weekends, that's what I've been doing. I've been going out into the barn and I just put my headphones in and I was just pulling everything out and putting it in a pile, cleaning what wasn't clean and then stacking everything up nicely on shelves that we have installed in our feed tack room. Um, so that everything was all nicely organized Um, and it made a huge difference the tractor's in there the boat is now in there the barn is full of hay and my tack room is immaculate like I know exactly where everything is at feed like prepping feed to go out takes me two minutes because I just scoop scoop mix and then I'm ready to walk out the door whereas before I was having to like juggle bags around and dig through stuff and (laughs) find scoops and find you know buckets to put the feed into once I did it but now everything's all all nice and that has just been huge like Mm -hmm. I don't dread doing chores right now at this moment because it's so easy (laughs) good (sighs) so are you going to Change anything this
0: year in your winter prep from previous years? I don't really think so. I might consolidate some flocks because we have the My Pet Chicken chickens from this year are in an omelet coop. So I'm thinking of just putting them in with my main flock. And then I've thought about moving my other chickens from my cutest coop and with the others, but that just seems like a lot. So (laughs) we'll see what we might do. We did finish processing the rest of the meat birds. Okay. So that's not an issue. So we have free space there, but I plan on getting more meat birds. I think they'll be here in March. So I might just clean that space. So it's done and ready for when those meat birds show up And then we're also going to get turkeys, I think, around the end of April. So we'll need to do some, like, cupid shuffling of things probably in the spring. (laughs) But if I could just clean that space up really good before the snow flies and just know it's ready, and then it's one less building to have to take care of in the winter, that might be what we do. But otherwise, I feel like we kind of have this winter thing down but for us I think the forecast this week it's gonna like freeze at night but next week we're back in the 40s at night so I'm not gonna dig everything out but maybe when it's a little warmer next week or next weekend I'll set everything up so I'm not freezing <laughs> when yeah. I'm setting everything up for them <laughs> but I echo your organizing your tech room we need to clean out the barn and really probably need to get a dumpster again but I just don't want to pay for it (laughs) so we might have to get creative with some of our junk and maybe just put it in a spot where we can do that in the spring so yeah um, I also have way too many barn cats right now so that creates a unique issue trying to clean anything out Mm because they just want to hang out at my feet so if anybody listening needs cats (laughs) I have teenage kittens (laughs) that need new homes (laughs) If you're in Michigan, hit me up so I can give them to you for free. <laughs> They're just looking for good homes at this point. They're so sweet. But they want to be, like, in my space. So I have to, like, put them in, like, dog crate condo type situation if I want to do anything in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So major barn clean out. Definitely need, need to do that, too. Yeah. So I mentioned kind of a Cupid shuffle situation. Do you have to do any shuffling before the snow flies?
1: Yes, I do. I have to move the goats and the donkeys because I'm going to actually switch where the lady goats are at and put them in the donkey pasture. And I'm going to move the donkeys into where the lady goats currently are and I'm doing that for two reasons. One is I want to put the taller water trough in with where the ducks are. So the donkeys will live with the ducks instead of the goats living with the ducks. And that's because the ducks won't be able to get into the taller trough. So they will be limited to getting into their water instead of continually mucking up the goat's water uh, because (laughs) that has just become a health crisis for lack of a better word yeah and also donkeys and goats use pasture differently so the donkeys have pretty much eradicated anything that was grass in their area and so now it's all weeds and the goats have this lovely patch of the prettiest grass you've ever seen. (laughs) And they're not eating it. (laughs) Yeah. So the goats would prefer the weeds and the donkeys would prefer to have nice, beautiful grass. So if I can get into a good rotation where I'm rotating the two of them before either of them have destroyed a place, then I might be able to manage that land better so that we don't end up with one being two weeds heavy and the other one like not having any weeds at all. I think that there's a balance to be found between the two of Mm -hmm. them. And so that's another reason. But we have not moved the donkeys shelter before. It's the really tall structure.
0: Yeah. Like a giraffe
1: could enter that thing. (laughs) Yes. So that will be interesting. I don't know, maybe Perhaps we'll do it this weekend. I'm not sure. We have our ghost walk on Saturday, so that's going to end up being a busy day. So we may not get around to it this weekend, but perhaps the following weekend, if not this weekend, we'll be able to do that. But I do want to do it soon because... The donkeys and the goats keep getting in with each other anyways. And I think that if I move the donkeys, they wouldn't be trying to get into the goats area.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe they see that grass over there and they're like longing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they can obviously tell that it is greener. That's for
0: sure. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next on your list? So I think the last couple things really are just to make sure all the heaters are functional. I dropped some links in our notes of things that I use. They all come from Tractor Supply, who does not sponsor us. Yes. And most of them are, like, from the Farm Innovation line, who also does not sponsor us. So this is just us. (laughs) Yes. Sponsor us. So uh, these are the things that I use and have a lot of. And they're, like, various price points, but if you're looking for what actually works... These at least work for us. Mm-hmm. So, like heated water bottles for rabbits, we have way too many of those, but they're all necessary. I like the Ice Chaser multi-use utility deicer. That's what we use. Um, in all of our troughs and for the duck pools too. That's a little floating disc, right? And it's safe to use in plastic. Yeah, it doesn't float. Oh,
1: yours doesn't float? Per se. Okay, mine does. No. It's a sinker. Okay, mine's a <laughs> floater.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can use that in the plastic and you can also use that in your rubber troughs or whatever you may use. Yeah. So just make sure you double check the box and make sure I'm not full of crap for that sort of thing. But we haven't had any problems and then we have a six gallon heated flat back plastic bucket, and then also an 18 quart rubber bucket. So, the 18 quart heated flat back rubber bucket is really great if you have larger animals or if you're like me and you have like 20 goats, they so drink a lot of water. Yep. You just plug it right in. So, it's like a giant heated dog dish, which also note if you Need some younger goats. I will be posting those on the internet. So if you're in Michigan, let well, me you know. Timber. Oh, Sam's there. got
1: some animals that she needs to yes. rehome before the snow flies.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Having COVID in October derailed a lot of my selling timeline. <laughs> I'm sure that it did. Yeah. I bet. It's like you can't, clearly can't be around people. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, Help a girl out. If you're a listener, I will cut you a good deal on stuff, too.
1: Um, Mention code farm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll get you a good deal on some animals.
0: (laughs) Yes. Some very affectionate animals. So, yes, those products are what we use here. So if you're feeling a little lost on where to start, definitely check those out. So, yep, just testing our heaters, testing our buckets. Because we do use them for months and months and months on end, I have pretty low expectations of how long these things will last. Some of them are a little more on the expensive side, maybe. But considering the amount of time it's going to save you from just trying to have to bust open water buckets. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth the 40 bucks for the de-icer, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: There's like, so speaking of that, every year I feel like I get a little better at collecting the tools and items that are needed in order to do winter efficiently. Because on the days where the weather is just really bad, the last thing you want to do is have to be out there any longer than you need to. And you also don't want to be wasting energy and time on things that could be done just more effectively. In the event that there's something that needs more of your attention because the weather can cause more issues on the farm just in general. You know, you can end up with infrastructure issues or animals Mm -hmm. can get sick because of weather or anything that is happening. So my goal is always just to make the general everyday stuff easier so that I have the space to take care of those things um, easier in the long run, because then my brain's not muddled down by just worrying about the everyday. I have space to show up in emergencies the way that I want to. And so, one of the things that I've done this year, and they haven't come in yet, so I can't speak on them quite yet, but I will do some follow up later. I ordered some Hay Chicks hay nets for everyone, and I did two for each pasture. So, there's a livestock size one for the cow. And then there's the one and a quarter inch for the goats and the donkeys. And so what my plan is, so I've got eight nets in all, essentially. I'm going to fill them and then rotate them through. So I'm never having to walk through the pastures to go collect empty nets before I go fill At the beginning of the day, I'll fill the nets for morning breakfast and I'll go take them out there and hang them where they belong and collect the empty ones. And then when I go back in the barn to put them in, I'm going to fill them right then so that when I go out to do evening chores, I just have to pick up the full nets and the feed and then bring them out and drop them all off while I'm picking up the empty ones. So I hope that that makes sense. What I'm trying to avoid is having to do back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with feeding and hay nets. Allows me to carry more hay at a time for four pastures because that's what I've run into now this year. I have four pastures where I need to drop hay off at, and I'd have to make multiple trips in order to do that and bring all the feed scoops and stuff because, like, you know, the, the ducks need feed, the goats need goat feed, and all of that. Everyone else will probably eat most a mostly hay diet during this winter except the occasional like treat and stuff but then I can save myself time when I'm dropping off hay and maybe some mess too because that's the other thing I really hate about hay I hate getting it like down in my collar and like in the front of my jacket yeah. and it like sticks to yeah. everything
0: <laughs> yeah when it's windy and i like throw it over the fence like i did yesterday and then it's like in my bra all day and i'm constantly like picking it out of my hair all day it's like i understand the pain there so tell me more about these hay nuts because i've heard that hay nuts are not necessarily a good idea for goats because they're curious and they can get stuck in them um, but i think that's maybe more like baby goats so are these different than your traditional like horse
1: Well, they're kind of similar, but they've got all of the, like, buckles and clips and things that you need to hang them really well. And they also have, like, a strap that, like, kind of wraps around the bottom and kind of picks them up. So, like I said, I haven't gotten them yet, so I haven't been able to, like, really set them up. But they had guidelines for if you wanted to use these with other livestock Ooh. and so one of them though mm. is they are not for horned goats and i don't have any horned goats because oh. horned goats and right. horned goats just get stuck in stuff in general yes. because of the shape of their different horns and things so they they have different challenges that non-horned goats don't have and they're also designed so they waste less hay also which was attractive mm. to me because we have a hay manger type of thing in the goat's shed but they were just ripping it out and playing with it and then filling the whole thing up with hay and then it was a pain to move the shelter when it was time to move it because the hay had stacked so high It was just—it was a waste of food. It was a waste of money. And so what I'm actually going to do with theirs is their hay net is actually just going to get hung and put inside that manger. So they've still got to stick their heads through the little thing to, like, slow feed out of it. But it's supposed to reduce the amount of hay that drops and ends up getting wasted as well, which I think is, like, everyone's challenge. There's a bunch of different types of feeders out there you can get for goats that are supposed to help with the waste. But I think no matter what, goats waste a little bit so i'm not trying to completely eliminate it but i am trying to reduce it because i only got 60 bales this year it's 20 more than i did last year and all i have are two more goats but i did feel like i felt like i stressed about the hay a lot last year and i don't want
0: to do that (laughs) yeah i think we have like we bought like well we're still paying for it because the farmer we get our hay from. Is very nice and lets us like pay an installment. Nice because I got four thousand dollars worth of hay this year. Oh my gosh, I yeah. don't, mine was only four twenty five or something like that. Yeah. yeah, but we this is like second cutting Cadillac horse quality. Uh, okay, that he cuts. Yeah, so we have some like crappier bales too that we're going through and giving to the cow. Mm-hmm. The cow will eat anything. So this includes some of that. Yep. And the goats really like this hay and we're helping out a farmer too. But that is a very big hay bill, but it was like 500 bales.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot. So that's going to last you for like years.
0: So yeah. Well, a year. Oh, you'll go through 500 (laughs) Uh, this year? Yeah. Really? Between the cow and like 20 goats. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of that might be the waste issue, but we take advantage of our waste issue and that auto magically creates the deep litter method mm-hmm. for us in the winter. The only problem is it piles up to the point where we're almost hitting our head on the ceiling <laughs> of the barn, which is where we're at right now. We need to clean that out yeah. before the snow flies. That's one of our other big skipped Get that scooped out. Yeah. Which is going to suck. Yeah. uh,
1: (laughs) Let's see. We've got nine goats now, but two of them are new. We had seven last year and we Mm -hmm. went through all 40 bales, but that's it. But also I I don't feed hay in the summertime. Everyone just rotates through the pastures and has grass. And I supplement with like some Timothy pellets and seeds and some other things just to keep everybody happy. But everyone, everyone grazes because we have the pasture land for that. Mm -hmm. So that's how I save so much on the hay. But I am expecting to go through all 60 bales by the time the grass starts growing again. So I am a little Mm -hmm. nervous, but I always buy some backup bales from Tractor Supply. I get those standily compressed Timothy bales. I always keep Mm -hmm. like five of those on hand so that in an emergency I have extra hay. And also I buy some of those compressed straw bales as well for an emergency because the donkeys will eat straw. A lot of people actually recommend (laughs) straw for donkeys because they can tend to have weight issues. But I buy the cutting that's appropriate for donkeys from the local farmer that I get mine from. So mine's not Cadillac hay. Although he did say that this year, mine hay was $7 a bale, which is a dollar more than it usually is. But said. That it was yeah. because they had a lot of really good stuff in it this year so yeah I mean.
0: yeah ours was six twenty five, and that was for him to put it up in our barn too mm-hmm. and because of like just the sheer volume that we were buying I think he gave us a break on that too because that hay has been like seven dollars available for yeah so yeah <laughs> it's expensive and it's not something that you necessarily think of when you're excited to get a new animal, but like fancy, like my husband probably thinks she only needs like, he, I think he gyps her, which <laughs> I shouldn't say jip. I think he doesn't give her enough. So if he feeds her in the morning, I'm like throwing her some extra slices in the afternoon. But like you said, like the hay or the grass is basically like done for the year here Yeah, and she's just in the one pasture and it's, Very muddy in there, so it's like, I'm going to give her extra and Mm -hmm. whatever. Whatever she doesn't eat just returns back to the grass and covers the mud and eventually sprouts new grass or whatever was in the hay. (laughs) Circle of life. It's totally cool. But yeah, she requires quite a bit. And yeah, those dang goats. Yep. They make a mess. They do. (laughs) So
1: that is all we've really got for our, our winterizing yeah. so far this year, but we would love to hear your ideas. So please come join our Facebook group and make a comment in there and let us know what you're doing for winter. That way we can all kind of learn from each other and share ideas it's a great way to find other people too that are in your area and your zone that have similar winter issues because like Sam's in Michigan, I'm in Ohio, ours are relatively similar. Sam will get more snow than I will, but our temps will be pretty similar. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored in part by My Pet Chicken. My Pet Chicken offers a variety of poultry supplies from chicken coops to chicken diapers, as well as a wide variety of chicken,
0: duck, and goose breeds. So go to mypetchicken.com slash farm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know we sent you. It's a great way to support our podcast and fulfill all your poultry, loving heart desires. All right. So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So Bev, what can't you even about this week?
1: All right. So I had a can't even that I had put in there, but I decided I'm going to hold it. And I'll share it next week (laughs) because I thought that this would be a really good spot. to Just can't even about the fact that I got elected to our school district's board of education, which is something I think if you listen to the early episodes of Drink and Farm, I think I said pretty flatly that I would never run for public office because I didn't think (laughs) that I had the what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's gumption for it you know like there are certain things in your personality that you kind of have to have in order to withstand like the scrutiny Mm -hmm. of public office Mm -hmm. and at the time I wasn't feeling very confident or like I had those things but I do think that if it's something that you're interested in, it's something that you can work towards and end up with eventually, but you do have to do it intentionally. I don't think you stumble in to those types of just, I guess, attitudes and openness towards receiving the kind of feedback that you get when you run for public office. But I can't even that I got elected for a couple of reasons. One of them is just because I'm very new here. This is a very small town. The same families have lived here, you know, for generations. I'm technically kind of an outsider. So I was told a couple of times that I didn't stand a chance. And I was okay with that. I was willing to (laughs) put up. I was willing to take that risk and go for it. But I was elected by six votes, which... I think is really important to point out because I want people to know that in your local elections, your vote absolutely counts. Mm -hmm. Every single one matters. I mean, we make a lot of jokes about voting and voting, you know, processes and stuff just as a society. But it's really important to know that it counts. And so I want to encourage everyone to just vote in their next local election, even if there's nothing big on it, just to do it and be a part of the process. Because... Six. Right. It was six people. It was the number of people sitting in our election night party, essentially, <laughs> that got me elected. There were six of us there. Yeah. I had six extra votes. Like that's that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> but you did it. Yay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> like I still, I think I'm still just kind of in shock. I haven't. I don't think I fully processed it.
0: Well, yeah, and I think a lot about people that might find us and then decide that it's a great idea to go back to episode number one (laughs) and I'm like cringy because of you know not just like the audio quality or the content but just because of maybe who we were at the time but we've both evolved and grown so much in the past handful of years yeah so it is actually probably pretty neat for people to go back and be like wow they have grown and evolved and they still get along (laughs) yeah (laughs) with that growing and evolving, this is like a different kind of marriage that's happened yeah a friendship (laughs) but you know that you can grow and evolve as people and still have the same friends and yeah you know and and maybe even become better friends because of that Evolving, So I think I've said evolving a lot that's in the okay. past two minutes. But, but yeah, so I'm proud of you. Thanks. Because I know that the Bev that I met, even prior to, like, coop camp, wouldn't have run for school board. Never. So that's awesome. Yeah, and
1: I, I, I was afraid that I couldn't withstand the criticism. But I think... Doing some other things in the community and just, like, Mm -hmm. seeing where that criticism comes from and keeping a keener eye on that and evaluating the source, I think, has made just, like, a really big difference. Yeah. 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 So, yeah.
0: And not all criticism is bad. Some of it is constructive, but it still takes a lot to ingest... Constructive criticism. It does,
1: yeah. I mean, I would say that the Sam and Bev from four and a half years ago, when we first started this thing, would have struggled with any criticism whatsoever. And now I think that we can better sift through it and accept it and learn from it. I think that's the most important thing that you can do.
0: Yeah. And if you have criticism for us, just don't be a dick, please. (laughs) Like, that's been a rule since day one. Just don't be a dick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's hard to, like, tone police people's criticism, I guess, from that standpoint. But Um, it is important to point out that it is easier to hear when it's delivered from a place of wanting to improve something rather than just tearing it down is all. But I also understand and respect that some people may just want to tear us down and that's okay. They have the right to do that, but we also
0: have the right to just move on from it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And to think you're a (laughs) dick. At least for me, I might not be as evolved as (laughs) Bevin. So Sam, what is your can't even this week? So my can't even is from MyFox8, which is located in North Carolina. So those of you listening, if you're in North Carolina and you're in the Guilford and Rockingham County area, keep your head on a swivel because they are seeking a fugitive llama after its second escape. And this was from this morning. So this is we're recording on November 4th. Oh my so, gosh,
1: this morning? So that's like fresh, fresh news. Yes,
0: hot off the press, breaking news. Oh my gosh. So last week, this llama was caught by High Point Animal Control after they uh, they got some calls about a llama running around a neighborhood. They tweeted a picture of the capture proclaiming the animal had been declared Todd. Todd? So they took Todd. Oh, that's his name? That's his name. <laughs> yes, that's what they've named him. They took Todd to Red Dog Farms who agreed to hold on to him until an owner was found. So if you click on the show notes, the link in the article here shows a, a picture of Todd's original capture. But unfortunately, Todd had a better idea. The call of freedom was too strong for this little guy and he hopped to the fence at Red Dog Farm and ran off again.
1: Oh my gosh. Apparently,
0: yes. Todd. Apparently he decided that Their accommodations were not to his standards, even though they were technically suitable. (laughs) He had the appropriate fencing. He had friends. He had water and food. But Todd wasn't having it. They were just not to his liking. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So there's a joint effort between Rockingham and Gullford counties to find the Loose llama. So if you do see this fugitive, call animal control. The numbers are in the article. He is not considered armed. (laughs) Or dangerous. Oh, even with all that spit, huh? According to this article. Yeah. Hmm.
1: hmm.
0: Maybe they don't know Llama's Maybe very well. Not. But I thought that was very interesting news. <laughs> that Llama is just wants his freedom. I mean, gosh. <laughs> Can't blame him, but hopefully he has returned to his owner safely. <laughs> So yeah, so if you have any fun can't evens, make sure you send those to us in our Facebook group, We Drink and We Farm Things. Use the hashtag can't even. So hopefully we find those and uh, we will read those on our mini-sodes that we do once a month. We just released one on Halloween that was full of fun stuff. Check it out on YouTube if you have some time because I put most of the videos and pictures in there. So you don't have to like click through everything to see what we're talking about. So it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yes. <laughs> And be sure and leave us a review, because every week we read an Apple Podcast review on the show. And we do not have a new review to read this week. But uh, I do have a proposal, and uh, Sam can tell me what she thinks of it right now. Breaking News Live. Okay. (laughs) Okay. How would you feel about calling our voicemail and leaving us a review so we can play your audible review on the show? And that is another way to enter. So if you have already left us an Apple podcast review and you're saying, but Sam and Bev, I've already left a review and I've already entered and I didn't win a mug. I would like to enter a different way. You can call us on our phone number and leave us an audible review and we will start playing those on the show. And it'll be really fun to get to hear your voice talking about how Drink and Farm has changed your farming life and has made you feel. So we would appreciate that. So you, let's do it yeah you'll be able to call us and leave us a review and maybe by next week we'll have one to play or maybe the week after that and if you have already won a mug feel free to go ahead and call us and leave us an audio review because we would just love to hear them all we're not going to limit you tell us, what,
0: <laughs> tell us what you think about the mug. yeah and you can tell <laughs> us what you think about
1: the mug too but we do have a new design mug so anyone that has the old design might want the new one so there you have oh, it that's
0: true Mm-hmm. All right. Our October winner for that review contest is Ashley Davis 2406.
1: Yay! Woohoo! Oh my gosh. So, She's uh, going to be so excited.
0: <laughs> yes. So reach out to us if you will with your address so we can get you your super fancy exclusive mug that is not in the shop.
1: Yes, and you know what? In fact, I actually, I'm just going to place Ashley Davis's order for her because she bought the Halloween mug and some other cool stuff. So I have your address, Ashley, so it's just going to randomly show up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ashley's, uh, if Ashley has a spouse or a roommate or children or something, that'll notice the accumulation of drink and farm mugs mm-hmm. we hope you're not judged or ashamed <laughs> <laughs> all right so we have a newish series over on patreon called straight no chaser this is available to our patrons at the five dollar level or above so for more information or to go sign up go to patreon.com slash drink and farm This is a really great way to support the podcast because it is not free for us to do this. We actually employ two other people, so they actually get paid more than we do. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So it's a great way to support the podcast and, you know, put food on the table for two other people. Yeah, for sure.
1: And be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This helps more people like you find this podcast.
0: And do us a favor and share that you're listening to us. You can do that by posting in your Instagram stories and tagging at Drink and Farm. We will send you a promo code just for that episode that will give you a percentage off in the shop, which you want, so you can buy yourself some holiday attire. Yep,
1: that's right. And take a look at the show notes. You'll find links to all the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, all of our social media links, and our merch shop and also our phone number is in there so if you need that phone number to call us and leave us a review you can find that by going to the show notes and the show notes for this episode will be drinkandfarm.com slash 178 that'll take you right there
0: so that's it yeah that's it we hope you enjoyed today's winterization podcast and until next time drink farm and and give zero zero plucks. plucks
1: bye guys bye we drink things we farm things
0: we drink and farm things